shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Shit Show Saturday. We have Shit Show Robin. Hey. Did you think like when you were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You're like, I want to be a fucking shit show on Shit Show Saturday. Yeah, no, definitely did not think that. I was going to be a cookie cake baker with my sister when I was dreaming about what I wanted to be when I grow up. Specifically a cookie cake, not regular, just cookie cakes. Yeah. Okay. Were we going to only have like one type of cookie cake? Were we going to have like, (laughs) we're specialized in like one particular type of cookie cake? (laughs) You know, we didn't get into it in that much detail. Just we were going to be cookie cake bakers. Well, let's fucking make this happen, Robin. Yeah, we should. Um, My sister is really a proficient baker now, and I am not. I like the precision, but um, I have hypersensitivity issues, so I don't like the feeling of flour on my hands, so I get a little weirded out. So I I like the precision. I like the measuring and the accuracy as opposed to cooking where you need more imagination. And And the opposite. I don't like, I like cooking. I I don't like baking because I don't like to be too precise because you put a tablespoon in where you're supposed to be a teaspoon and you don't have a cookie cake, Robin. No, you don't. You have to be very precise in baking. Okay, so I'm thinking that for your song, you're picking Who Stole the Cookie from the Cookie Jar? <laughs> no, I was actually listening. So I did, I did my homework. I was listening to a couple of shit show Saturdays to prepare myself. And I was the first song that came to mind was New Kids on the Block Step by Step. Nice. I approve. Okay, but maybe who maybe the cookie? I haven't sang that. Who? When was the last time you thought about that song? Man, eons ago. Who me? Yes, you couldn't be. Then who? <laughs> okay, sorry guys. Uh, carb. Um, the bread from Carabas with the oil and the seasoning, specifically Carabas bread though. Like, love it. Yeah, with the yeah, you got your little. What does it have? Like basil parm little red like flakes red pepper yeah delicious i always ask them to bring out some balsamic too because i need to put some of that in there as well Ooh, that sounds good cheese agouda condiment ketchup um how did you find out that you were an adult child um actually through doing ketamine sessions for my depression and going to an integration circle there and talking to the group and then we were talking about how I, how I was feeling. And I came up that my mom was an alcoholic and somebody said, you should check out ACA. And I was like, AC what? And, um, AC who? AC who? And I looked it up and I looked at the laundry list and I was like, check, 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 check. Oh, 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 I'm an adult child. And it was really eye-opening. So I started attending meetings and searching for everything adult child and came across your podcast and then joined the shit show. And here we be. Here we, here we are. When was that? When did you find out about ACA? Um, that was mid-September. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So We're I'm fresh off the boat, girl. We are. <laughs> so your mom, had she has she ever tried to seek recovery never tried to seek recovery she has had dry periods like she um was diagnosed with breast cancer and stopped drinking for a period after that and then sort of i think proved to herself that i could that she could stop drinking so she's like well i can stop anytime so 
it's fine if I start up again. Yeah, I can stop anytime I get a cancer diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Or I, I want to lose weight, so I'll stop drinking for a while. But she's never sought recovery. She doesn't think that she has a problem. Would you say that you had an, an adult child bottom, even if it was before you realized you were one? Yeah, I think it's the, my... Ketamine treatment? Yeah, the which has been you know, like having depression so bad that I sought out the ketamine treatment because antidepressants just were not working for me. And my house is in a state of chaos all the time. Like I have cleaning ladies to help me as an accountability partner, but I still have clutter everywhere. And frankly, I go days without showers and my self-care is, is completely trash. And that realization is, you know, when I, I was like, I really need to do something for my mental health and saying, Hey, I need to do this, not experimental, but what some would consider unique treatment for my depression. And some would consider controversial, I guess. Seems like it's pretty effective from what I've read. So yeah, it, I mean, it is not controversial in any means. The studies are there. It is, it is solid. The science is there. It is the way they describe it is like, it's putting like, like putting a fresh coating of snow down on your brain on a heavily skied area so that you Mm. can create new neural pathways to replace old ones where the ruts were, where you had skied all the time. And though you can create happy pathways. So, you know, where you were always doing something negative and obviously not a doctor, not, not a scientist, but Um, that's kind of how they explain it. Do you get the infusions? No, I do it at home through a company called mind bloom and I do lozenges and it's really, it's really nice to do it at home, I think. Um, but they still have a lot of integration practices and you have a guide that you talk to and you journal and, um, they have a lot of support through their app and stuff. How long had you been attempting like various um, antidepressants, like how long had you been like treatment resistant or trying to get help with that? Since I was 18 and I'm 40 now. So a long time. Did anything ever work? And then it just stopped working. No, nothing ever really made a difference. And did you try anything else other than like, and I mean, obviously therapy, but was there anything else that you tried that didn't work? Um, no, I've just tried antidepressants and therapy. And then, um, I did a little Abilify as well. That makes it sound like it was like, Oh, I did a little cocaine. No, no. Um, I did, a, I did Abilify also as a medication. Um, what's that's for what? Like, so it's supposed to enhance the effects of your antidepressants and that helped for a little bit, but not for more than six weeks. And then how did you find out about the ketamine therapy? My psychiatrist actually recommended it to me, but then my insurance wouldn't cover her doing it. And then mind bloom came up in my Facebook feed and I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Cause they're fucking listening to you. They are the company I used to work for is part of the people that are listening to you and connecting all those in my head too, because sometimes I don't even say things out loud and it shows up as ads. They're in there too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, so when did you start the ketamine treatment? Um, I started at the end of August this year. And how has it gone? It's been amazing. It's so 
it took um, probably eight treatments until I, I one day just came out of it and I was like happy. I was like singing and dancing and like bouncing off the walls. Um, but every treatment had its purpose. And I set an intention before each treatment and really tried to get something out of each session. One session I saw my sister and our relationship and us as children. And I woke up out of that session just crying Mm -hmm. and just wanting to talk to her so much. And I ended up connecting with her. So you said it was the eight treatments until you started. How spaced out were those? Uh, Once a week. Got it. Okay. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you found something that works and um, I'm definitely pro it. I mean, do you feel fucked up? No. Well, you definitely feel a little bit of a, so you feel really relaxed um, and you definitely get closed eye visuals. But if I were to open my eyes, I wouldn't be like seeing elephants and unicorns and things like that um I can see very clearly if I open my eyes but you wear an eye mask and you put headphones in and they have music and sometimes the music will get a little like weird sounding I like I don't know whether you've ever had laughing gas at the dentist no but I used to do nitrous as a kid (laughs) but if you if the dentist turns up the nitrous a little too high the music kind of gets like (laughs) That that can happen also on ketamine. And as I'm coming out of it, I definitely notice that I'm a, I sound a little bit slammed um, in my talking, like she who shall not be named for fear of setting off everybody's device. Doesn't always listen to my commands when I'm freshly mm-hmm. out of it. And my journaling is like scribble. It's just like lines almost. And I have to like close one eye so I don't see two journals, but it, you recover pretty quickly, but I don't feel like drunk, like it's not the same feeling as being like drunk or something. So you, can you talk about like what the process is like before you take the lozenge and then how long the session lasts and then what it is that you're supposed to do afterwards? Sure. So um, you're supposed to be in a really good place. So their motto is trust, let go and be open. So you don't want to have expectations for the session. You don't want to say like, oh my God, this has to be the best session ever. Or I I need to have the best visuals or I'm going to see horses and bright lights. And you want to just say like, whatever this session has to bring to me, like I accept and value and cherish. And it's good to meditate or do yoga. One time I did a sound healing session through um, Insight Timer beforehand. And um, that was a really, I had a really great session after I did that. So you want to be in a good place mentally. And then you have to have a peer treatment monitor with Mind Bloom. So my parents will come over and just make sure that I am, don't have any bad experiences. And you take your blood pressure and your pulse because this medication can increase your blood pressure and pulse. So you want to make sure you're at a normal rate before you go and take the medication. And you put the medication in this in your cheeks and you put on your eye, put your eye mask over your, like on your forehead, put your headphones in and turn on the music. And there is a voice guided um, specific to the theme track. And the track plays for seven minutes, which is how long the medicine is supposed to dissolve. Okay. And then there's a chime 
and you put the eye shades down over your eyes and lay down at that point. And if there's any medicine left over, you do spit it out um, if it hasn't dissolved all the way. So you lay down and then the session lasts about a half hour. The medicine peaks at about 30 minutes. The music plays for two hours total. There's a chime after an hour when you're supposed to sort of sit up, start to come to. Oh, that's a long time. And start journaling. Okay. While you're still listening to the music and you want to journal about what you, like how you felt, what feelings you felt and what you saw, what the session did for you and just anything that comes to mind and just sort of freeform journaling um, stream of consciousness. And a lot of people have trouble writing. So some people do voice notes, um, and then transfer to a journal later, um, which I haven't done yet, but I think I will do for my next session because it's just scribble scribble. I'm like, I, I'm going to be able to figure that out later. <laughs> no, I can't. So funny. Well, that's so cool. And then tell me about like, what are these integration groups? So it's just like group therapy. It's led by an integration guide who has um, some form of licensing. Mm-hmm. And there's about six people, up to six people that have also gone through ketamine sessions that are in, in various stages. And you just um, share, it's almost like an ACA meeting. You um, share your experience, except that um, commenting is encouraged on mm-hmm. the session and feedback. Oh, that's good. You can ask to have no feedback if you're not interested, but every session I've been to, everyone wants feedback. They're like, tell me, tell me about my session. Like, what insights did you have about my session? One session I had, my intention I set was to unlock the feeling, the suppressed feelings that I had. And I really expected to like feel sad or angry afterwards because that's what depression is, is like the numbness is sad and anger being suppressed but I've been doing a lot of gratitude journaling and I start came into the meeting and you say you say how you feel you introduce yourself and you say how you feel and I said I felt joyful and I said you know I really don't know how this session works out like you know I'm not sure how this session worked and the integration uh, guide said you are feeling emotion it just it's just you're not used to feeling yeah just the opposite of what you were expecting you are you're experiencing joy and happiness and gratitude and I was like whoa holy cow do you do that do you do the integration like right after the session you can if you want okay you you can schedule it you would just schedule it around okay so you did yeah yeah that's cool and then like what is so are you still doing it weekly yeah and then at a certain point, are you supposed to scale down or how does this work? Yeah, you can do it. It's up to you. You figure out what works for you. Um, for me, I'm still doing it weekly and probably will for, I have an 18 pack. So I'll probably do it weekly for that. And then I'll probably scale down and go to like monthly after that. Well, that's great. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that with us. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Okay, so let's talk about your fucking childhood. <laughs> yeah, so when you first asked me, I was like, I don't know. I had such a great childhood like you. Clearly, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like my mom came to everything. She was at every single volleyball game, even if it was like at 3 p.m. She went to work like extra early so that she could get out early so she could come to the game. And she was at every softball game and she was at every, she took us to every dance class and was at every dance recital and every, everything. And, and we, we had everything, but I never felt like she loved me and okay. she, and I knew growing up that my dad would come home from, a, he was a, an attorney and he would come home from a networking event where he probably had a couple of glasses of wine or a scotch or something. And he would come home and I knew at like 13, he would come home and have two glasses of wine. And then he would switch to scotch for the rest of the night until he fell asleep. And I also remember when we were in hotel rooms, the mini bar. No, he brought his own <laughs> mini bar. Wasn't enough. Too expensive. Uh, yeah. He was way too cheap for the mini bar. But the sound of that, the ice clinking would keep me up from him mm. drinking scotch at night. And my mom and him would go through a box of Franzia like every other day. And um, so I was keenly aware of how much they were drinking when I was young. Which, Younger. You know, mm -hmm. When I was talking to my therapist, she was like, Robin, that's not really normal to know that. I was like, I thought mm -hmm. I was just observant. No. No, that's not, that's, that's hypervigilance. Um, mm -hmm. And my mom never expressed words of affirmation to me. Um, things like she just took the air out of you whenever you were excited about anything. Mm. One thing I specifically remember is when I was in college, I wanted to get a class ring. And she said, well, I'm not sure you're going to graduate in four years. So I don't want to invest in a class ring. Mind you, I had been on the honor roll my entire life. I was on the Dean's list and I had like, I think I had failed one class at that point, which was statistics, which was a very difficult class. And then had taken a summer class to replace it and it never stayed on my transcript. But she was just like, I don't think you're going to pass because I was get, not doing as well in college as I did in high school. And, you know, she just would do things like that all the time. And I needed to hear, you're amazing. You hit four home runs in that game. That's awesome. And I never heard that from her. And so I was always trying to do better and better and better to imp impress her to get her to say those things do you feel like she was um hmm. it's interesting when you're talking about how she was always there at the games and stuff 
And it just reminds me of this girl that I used to swim with who actually just saw that she got sober. Um, but do you feel like your mother was trying to live through you? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking. If like, you know, if she's like, what is making an effort to be there all the time, but she's not giving you any sort of recognition. Like that's what it makes me think of. Yeah, definitely. Um, because now she mirrors me. Um, like I decided to get a dog and she got a dog. My therapist is like, that is her trying to be you. Enmeshment. Yeah. Mm. So you, there was the awareness of like the drinking and being aware of it, but was there an awareness that like, was there ever, did you ever express this is a problem? Not until I got older when I saw her really fall apart, when she fell down the stairs and broke a wall and when she was out and Peter pants out in the, you know, like at a restaurant and we had to basically carry her out of a restaurant. She didn't really get out of control until we were college age. Mm-hmm. Right then there. It's horrible. Yeah. Fucking horrible. Um, and then what about your dad's drinking? He, um, he was more the type that got jovial and then didn't remember the next day. So I could get him to promise me the world at night. And then he would not remember the next day, but I could convince him because he didn't remember even talking to me that night. And that was really frustrating because I felt unimportant Mm -hmm. um, because he didn't remember Mm -hmm. having a conversation with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, And so then how do you feel like, like when you've looked at the laundry list, like what are the traits that have most um, impacted you? Um, So becoming isolated. I got divorced 12 or 13 years ago now. And I have not been in a relationship since. And I do not have any close friends. Mm. Um, I keep everybody at an arm's length. Even the even the people that I'm sort of closer with. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was looking for somebody to do my peer treatment monitor for um, my ketamine. I was hesitant to have my parents do it. Especially, you know, I sort of wanted my mom because you know you just want your mommy like your ideal picture of a mom but on the other hand knowing the weight that she brings that's not necessarily the best setting to go in to the therapy with but I didn't have anybody else to ask that like hey can you come sit at my house for an hour can you come sit at my house for an hour and I would feel like I was burdening them, especially with the volume of treatments that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a tough choice, but it's, they only stay for an hour and then they leave. So by the time I really get up and am journaling and stuff, they're gone. So it doesn't feel like they're there. And I, you know, have the eye mask on and the headphones in. So um, I try and and just block it out. But my mom will say things like, are you going to take any breaks of doing this? Like she's tired of coming. 
Like you don't have to come. Dad can come. So yeah, it, it's challenging. Um, and I'm definitely an approval seeker. I, I need somebody to tell me I'm doing a good job. I need my gold stars. I have my gold star chart. I need you to send me my gold stars. I stuff my feelings. Totally. We had these layoffs and we had a meeting yesterday with my core team and everybody in the meeting was crying about these layoffs because uh, 25% of my company was laid off. And I was just stoic and somewhat unaffected. It, it, it appeared to everyone because I stuck my feelings and it, I felt bad that I didn't appear to feel bad. It was, it was really twisted. I get that. Um, I'm definitely addicted to excitement. How does it show up? It shows up in my spending, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in my, some sexual promis- promiscuity for a while, um, although that's not as as prominent right now. Um, but there was a period of time where that was my way of getting excitement. And then I love like all the police TV shows, like cops and- like first forty eight, um, like shit like that. First forty eight, and like all, all of that. I love those. Well, don't download the app that has like the. Did you hear? I think I shared it in one of the episodes about how at one point I like downloaded um, an app that you could listen to the police blotter. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that, okay? I'll try not to. Like I was like listening, and then I have to have like the codes up because they'd be like, "We got a four zero one five bait," and I'm like, "What?" The <laughs> oh, lame. It's only like a the parking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I want assault. <laughs> I'm fucked up. So what has, so you have a sister, just yeah. one sister and yeah. how, what has her, how is she, have you been able to talk to her about this shit? Yes. Um, and she, her love language is different than mine. Hers is acts of service, acts of service. Yeah. And so for her mom showing up to everything was enough. So she is not as fucked up as I am. That you know of. That it could come that I know of. Um, that I know of. Um, she feels she does not suffer from depression. Um, and she um she does identify with some of the laundry list, but she she feels more put together and appears more put together than I am. But mm-hmm. um TBD because we we just scratched the surface here Mm -hmm. so what have been some because god I mean I'm blown away that you've only known you're an adult child for a couple months because it seems like you're really getting it um what do you have something that you're proud of like that you can share like something in the past couple of months I am uh I am just super proud of showing up and mm-hmm. and doing the work. Um, I recently became a part of a small group that's doing a step study and f- like finding that small group and finding that connection. The other thing that I'm really proud of is um, I'm working on connecting to a higher power and I've connected with a spiritual community here. Um, that's amazing. Is- 
yeah, it's awesome. I went to like a women's fire circle and we did like shadow work and it was, it was a really great community. And then they, they have all sorts of events and things like that. So it's a, it's a really great community to be a part of. And I'm super excited and started getting into tarot and stuff like that. And so I'm really connecting like to spirit and universe that way. And I'm really feeling connected. What do you feel like you get out of my community that's different than what you get in an ACA meeting? So much. Um, I get feedback. You know, I I miss that in the ACA meetings. I'm like, did, like I want people, I like to entertain people. And I, like, I want somebody to say like, yeah, that resonated with me or yeah, I heard you. And rather than just like, thank you for your share. No, we Uh, just found out that Robin's actually in the groups practicing her acting career or (laughs) stand-up comedy or something. Comedy. Yeah. (laughs) No. Um, I think the community, I, I think the people that are willing to be a part of your community are more committed to it, are really there for a reason. And I think Mm -hmm. that also being able to drop the F-bomb as many times as you want really Mm -hmm. feels good. Yeah, it's more fun. People are fun. Yeah. You don't have to worry about any fuddy-duddies in the corner. Right. I just, yeah, I was just on a Reddit and I saw this person post about how they just went to their first ACA meeting and how horrible it was and no one was like friendly. and Yeah, it feels so like robotic at traditional ACA meetings. And this feels so warm and friendly. So what are three things that you like about yourself? Um, I'm funny. Again, more evidence that she's just joined the group to practice her stand-up comedy folks. Go ahead. I'm compassionate and I'm smart. Hope or dream for the future. No, I would love to have a podcast someday to find something that I am passionate enough about that I Mm. could have you know knowledge enough or curiosity enough about to produce a podcast I think that would be a lot of fun just promise me it's not going to be about internal financial controls it definitely will not be about internal financial controls well thank you so much I'm so glad you found me yeah I'm so glad I found you too Andrea thank you credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.